2-0 pitch. Swinging away. Deep. Center field. That bad boy is gone! And the Reds win! Reds win! After a shortened, pandemic-plagued 2020 season and a playoff run, Reds baseball is back. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story. If they are going to make a run, if they are going to get to the playoffs, those guys are going to have to hit. But here, we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to greater Cincinnati. I personally hope they see an aggressive ball team at the plate, and I hope they see a team that puts the ball in play a lot more than what they did last year. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. Today on the pod, the Reds are ready for their 2021 campaign and hope to follow up a playoff berth with a deep run into the playoffs. With major changes to the infield, a Cy Young winner off to L.A., and the worst 2020 team batting average in the majors, can the Reds put it together early and find that momentum that'll last all season long? Here's WLWT Sports Director George Vogel. All right, George, baseball is finally back. We're recording this podcast on March 30th, two days before opening day for the Cincinnati Reds. First up, what's it what's it like to bring baseball back to Cincinnati with the fans coming with it? Yeah, that's a big deal right there. I mean, there's people, uh, myself included, who you, you went to games before and you complained about certain things like, you know, paying nine bucks for a beer or this or that. There's no complaints now. I'll gladly fork over the money for the beer. Just get me a baseball <laughs> game. I can sit in the stands and watch and just hear the sounds, enjoy the evening, and and have a good time at a baseball game. So I, it means a lot to so many people, you know, here just personally and then business-wise, obviously, down at the banks. It, it means a lot to those folks, too. And, and, you know, the Reds are big business, and they bring people to town. They bring people to hotels, and certainly to the bars and restaurants. So they're, they're, there's no way to overestimate what this means to the city and really just for everyone saying, hey, maybe we are getting past this thing that we've been through for the last 12 months, and maybe normalcy really is uh, within our grasp within the next few months. Let's certainly hope so. So let's go back to last season. They were 31 and 29 in a shortened year, obviously because of COVID, but they made the playoffs. There was a lot of excitement there. Unfortunately, they fell to the Braves uh, two games to zero um, in the wild card round. What kind of momentum can the Reds take from a season with so much adversity getting to the playoffs and just kind of having that taste of, okay, maybe we can put this together. Yeah, I think it was big for them that, they weren't performing all that well and appeared to be almost dead in the water, you know, at some point in August. And then they were able to put it together and put together a decent run, make the playoff push, get to where they were 500. Uh, yes, they hit a brick wall in the playoffs and, and that killed some momentum. But the players this spring are talking about how they really do want to get back there. And this time, make it different, make, make a deeper run, prove that last year wasn't really a fluke, that they didn't belong in the playoffs, that they do belong and they can compete and they can compete with the best teams in the National League. And whether they can do that or not, I don't know. The division is certainly there for the taking, but I, I think the fact that they got a taste of that and playing meaningful games in September, and they played a lot of those, there were a lot of games that they were playing and they go into a series and they won a lot of series down the stretch where it's like, they got to win this series to keep hope alive. Then they got to win this series and they were doing it. And I think that experience alone 
uh, is going to help them a lot going forward. So sticking with the offseason, you know, a lot of people, we were excited about what happened with, you know, they made the playoffs and you had that kind of buzz around Cincinnati, even though you, we couldn't go to the games. We all had to watch on TV. But unfortunately, in the offseason, changes happen. Trevor Bauer won the Cy Young for the Reds last year, is not back. That's got to have a major impact on not only as a manager, how you set your rotation, but even as a player. I mean, you're not bringing back a Cy Young winner and a fairly young Cy Young winner at that. Yeah, in fact, with, with Trevor Bauer, the way he was pitching last year in that rotation, backed up by Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, you had three hammers in a row there where maybe offensively you only scored two or three runs, but you still have a chance to win that game because of the way those guys were throwing. Now you got two of them back. One of them's injured. And so there is some trepidation there where you're like, wow, you know, they aren't the same team. And 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 they're not. Trevor Bauer is gone. Uh, Rizal Iglesias is gone from the bullpen, and, and they pretty much – gave him away just to save money is what what everyone believes. And, and that's what it looks like now. And the guy they traded for was just cut this past weekend, Noe Ramirez. So, uh, yeah, they shedded some payroll. They don't have the deep starting pitching they had last year. They still have good starting pitching. But it is a little different team, and the margin for error is a lot less when it comes to those bats. The bats did not produce last year. They did not score a lot of runs. You know, they were – it was – I was taken aback by how poor they were offensively because I thought with the additions of Moustakas and Cassianos on top of what they already had, uh, th- that they would be pretty darn good. So they have got to have the offense come around this year. If they are going to make a run, if they are going to get to the playoffs, those guys are going to have to hit. I think they will. It's weird. I'm not a big analytic guy where you look into the sabermetrics, but the people who do firmly believe that the Reds – a lot of their underperformance last year was due to bad luck, you know, really bad averages on balls, batted balls in play and things like that, where I, I think I heard uh, a stat where Suarez was like 100 points below his normal average and balls batted in play, and he hit like 2-0-something or 210, and usually it's 310 for his batted balls in play. So things like that have to go their way. For them to overcome the loss of Bauer, overcome the loss of Iglesias. And it's up to those guys. And look, they're somewhat proven players. Suarez, you know, 49 home runs a couple of years ago. Cassianos can hit. Moustakas can hit. We hope Votto can find a little magic and he's past that COVID thing. He can hit again. Senzel, Shogo was showing some promise late in the year. Jesse Winker's always been able to hit. So they've got the bats. They just have to do it. Yeah, and to put the the batting woes into perspective, they were worst in the majors last year with a team batting average of 212. The best was the New York Mets at 272. That's a 60 point difference in batting averages. And we we talked about it on set just about every single night how somebody was either over three or one for four, and that was the entire lineup. And you, you just can't win games unless you're putting runs across. No, you absolutely have to put runs across the way teams score runs these days. Um, you know, you need the pitching, but yeah, when, when you've got the hammers the Reds have, there's no excuse not to score enough runs to, to win games. And, and look, they got shut down in the playoffs last year, too, just completely silenced by the Braves. So uh, hopefully that's behind them. They're a little embarrassed by that, I'm sure. And they get out there and knock the ball around like, like they know how to do. 
Uh, that's what we all hope to see. Uh, let's get back to the pitching. Opening day starter is going to be Luis Castillo. You also have Sonny Gray uh, possibly in the rotation, uh, Tyler Mayle, Wade Miley, and also uh, Michael Lorenzen. Kind of give us a, a step-by-step through a, through a few of those guys and what we can expect this year. Well, Castillo, you hope he's the Castillo that we've seen in the past with the terrific changeup and just really knows how to work hitters. Uh, sometimes gets a little too cute, and that'll get him in trouble. But uh, I, I, I expect him to have a big year. Sonny Gray really found himself here. And, and he's had good years in the past. But some of the stuff he's pulled off since he's come to Cincinnati and the games he's put together and the stretches he's put together, he went, I don't know, 50 innings or something a, a year ago with, without allowing a run, an earned run. So um, he's really come into his own and has found some stuff. And, and I think a lot of it has to do – you know, the pitching coach they brought in, uh, Derek Johnson has made a difference with these guys, with his philosophies, and, and the Reds paid a pretty penny to get him down here from Milwaukee. And he was reunited. He he coached uh, Sonny at Vanderbilt, and they're reunited now. Uh, and it's really worked out well for Sonny Gray. I think it's worked out for all the pitchers. He's gotten a lot of mileage out of guys. So Castillo and Gray, I don't think you have to worry about. Miley. I think can be a plus. Uh, he was hurt a lot last year and then got hurt again this spring. But I, I think he's a little underrated by Reds fans and what he can help this team too. Uh, Lorenzen, I still think is a bullpen guy. Um, he's definitely wanting to, I, if I were the Reds, I would look at Lorenzen as the bullpen and TJ Antone as a rotation guy. It's the opposite right now. Whether it stays that way, we'll see. That's going to be up to Michael uh, Lorenzen. And Tyler Malley actually had a pretty darn good year. And for a guy that's at the back of your rotation, not a bad guy to have. I mean, I think that's a guy that uh, I think a lot of teams wouldn't mind having at the back end of their rotation. And, uh, you know, DeLeon, we'll see how he does. He puts up numbers and bunches. I I feel bad for the guy. I would watch him pitch, and it's like he's fun to watch pitch, and he's got really good stuff, but then he'll have a blow-up inning. And you just can't have the blow-up inning, and he's got to avoid that. But uh, he's got what what appears to me to be some pretty nasty stuff. And if he can put it together, he can certainly help. But, but I think, you know, you got to rely on the two at the top, and that's Castillo and Gray. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with this, we are anticipating having at least close to a full schedule this year, the full 162, as opposed to the 60 that they had last season. And unfortunately, you've mentioned it a little bit. The Reds have already caught a little bit of that injury bug uh, through spring training. Uh, Shogo Akiyama's uh, working through some stuff, Sonny Gray, and also Michael Lorenzen. How important is it for a team like this with still so many unknowns and so many changes, which we're going to get to in a little bit with the infield, uh, how important is it for them to get off to a a fast start, even when we're facing it with a few of the guys already banged up. Yeah, I think it's important. And it's important in that they don't fall into that here we go again thing because they've had so many bad starts in recent seasons. And not that this whole team has been together. It's a little different. But uh, even last year, and and those guys kept saying, and I, I'll be honest, I gave up on them. I said, there's no way this team makes the playoffs. They don't. They're dead in the water. And the minute I said that, they started coming around and got it together. But you just can't dig that hole and dig that hole and expect to get out of it. I think they have to get off to at least a fair start. I'm not saying they have to start, you know, 25 and 12, but it would be nice 
to get to Memorial Day and not have a losing record. And a lot of a lot of seasons, they've had a losing record where you're almost like, it's over at Memorial Day. Uh, don't want to see that. I think just for the psyche of these guys that have been around a while, it would be nice for them to finally get off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned that Memorial Day as kind of the, the marker for the rest of the season because then right after that comes the dog days of summer, as they call them, where it's yeah. hot, you know, the travel really picks up. You're still doing, you know, four games in seven days plus a flight across the country to another, uh, you know, division contender or sometimes even further. And it's just kind of really important to have that, like, hey, let's get to here, then we'll get through July, yeah. get in August, and the next thing you know, you're still in it. Just like last year, they were still in it up to the end. Yeah, absolutely. Able to play meaningful games in September, and that's what everybody wants to do. And this team went quite a while without doing that, but uh, having done it last year, gave them that taste, and hopefully they know how to put all that together this year. And I think they do. They've got enough veterans on this team. Even even a guy like Jesse Winker, who hasn't been with another organization, but he's been around it enough, and he knows uh, what it's like now to to play in those games and what it takes to get there. And so – I expect a little different attitude out of this bunch, but but we'll see. Time will tell on that, but but I do expect them to uh, be a much better ball team when it comes to putting runs on the board. I, I just can't believe for the life of me it'll be as bad as last year. Mm-hmm. So let's jump to the infield where there's a lot of shifting going around here, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Mike Moustakis going from second to third. Eugenio Suarez is going from third to shortstop. And then Jonathan India is going to be starting at second base. The first player, first rookie, I should say, to start for the Reds at second base since 1963 with a man many know by the name of Pete Rose. What is going on with this infield? Why all the shuffling? Give well, take that's us through a great this. thing. Well, part of it is Jonathan India kind of forced this. And I think the Reds had some of this in the back of their mind because Suarez shows up to training camp shows up to spring training 15 pounds lighter. So he got himself in shape. And I think maybe they may have like, you know, tipped him off that, Hey bud, you come in in shape. And if certain pieces fall into place, we may move you back there. He came up as a shortstop. He loves playing shortstop. Uh, You know, cut his teeth at the major league level playing shortstop. Then he was moved to third, um, got comfortable there, but, he would like to play shortstop, and so he dropped the weight. The Reds weren't sure what the heck would happen, but Moustakas, I think, is more comfortable at third than he is at second. And Jonathan India shows up, great shape, starts knocking the cover off the ball, a former first-round pick who, you know, didn't have great minor league numbers. His last full season in the minors was acceptable. It was it was showing some growth, but – He's really shown some growth here lately, and and this this spring training, he's done very well. And so they just started running him out there to play some at second, and he kept hitting, he kept hitting, and it's like, this may be our everyday second baseman. If he is, what do we got to do? Well, we got to move Suarez to short. Moose goes over to third where he likes to play, and and you've got a pretty good hitting infield. Now, whether it works out defensively, we'll see. And the Reds maintain, and I do subscribe to this, that in this day and age of all these shifts and everything, it's not like you have to have the jackrabbit at shortstop to cover all this ground. All of a sudden, I mean, heck, how many times have I seen Suarez in the normal shortstop position when he played third base because a shift was on? So um, it may not be as big of a deal 
uh, as maybe it would have been 10 years ago to make this move for him. So it's very interesting. The last time the Reds did something this radical was when Pete Rose, ironically, who was the last to start as a rookie at second base on opening day, Pete Rose moved from the outfield to third base to open up left field for mainly George Foster, him and Danny Dreesen back in 1975. The Reds were like 12 and 12, scuffling at the time. They went, it's a ridiculous number. I think it's 96 and 42 the rest of the 1975 season after Sparky Anderson made that move. They win the World Series then. They come back the next year. Pete's playing third. Foster's out and left. And they win the whole thing again in 75-76. So there's your trivia on these Reds infield moves. They would love this one to work out like that. No one's saying it will. But uh, it's a big move, and it's exciting. It, it gives us something to watch and look out for and, and see if Jonathan India can hold his own there. Yeah, we wish him the best of luck at that position, especially with the the accolades that come with that kind of switch uh, with the Pete yeah. Rose comparisons. And, uh, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, you know, the one – of these household names that the Reds have is Joey Votto. It yep. wasn't that long ago. We remember him signing, you know, big contract. He's one of the top 10, 15, 25 best players in major league baseball. Probably what, what's been going on with him and how is he kind of trying to reset his psyche heading into 2021? Yeah, I think he's, I tell you, he, he went through a phase there where, and, and he still doesn't want to give away at bats, but the, the most important thing was, uh, not giving up in a bat, you know, if a runner's on third, maybe not swinging at a pitch that's close to the strike zone that he might be able to lift to the outfield and score a run, he's going to take that ball. I think listening to him talk over the course of the past year, he wants to be a little more aggressive in those situations, and he understands that he needs to get back to driving the ball. And he talked about this last year at a certain point. All of a sudden, he went – he got benched last year for a streak of like three to four games, if I remember correctly, just flat out bench because he was stinking it up. And he's like, you know what? I got to get back to just driving the ball and pulling the ball and hitting it hard. And and he started doing that and it worked for him. And I think that's what we're going to see out of him. A little more aggressive hitter. doesn't mean he's going to be swinging at balls over his head or he's still going to work counts and do that. But I think he's going to be a little more aggressive and, and, and try to pull more balls and, and just make sure he hits the ball hard instead of, uh, just trying to avoid making an out. I know that sounds silly, but but it's it's a it's a more aggressive philosophy when you're thinking hit the ball hard as opposed to saying I just don't want to make an out. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a little different mindset, and I think that's where he wants to get to, and hopefully he does because uh, if there's something still left in the tank, my goodness, they they could certainly use a, a decent year out of Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. That might be one of those situations where you see a veteran really catch fire a little bit and the rest of the crew comes right back along and, you know, you know, oh, I yeah. catch fire I mean, headed into the postseason. Votto has a lot of fun when the team's winning. Believe me, he has a lot of fun and, and it's somewhat uh, contagious. And last year he did a cool thing with the grounds crew because they were the only people really in the stands to watch the game was the grounds crew. And he bought them all these noisemakers and stuff and and had fun with that. And, and, and that was really cool. And then when the Reds kind of, you know, started winning some games in late August, it was actually fun. The grounds crew was a great show to watch then. Uh, they were up and, you know, hitting tambourines and everything else. So, uh, yeah, if, if Votto's having a good time, that means the Reds are playing well. 
and, and the whole city will enjoy that for sure. And then for, you know, people who will listen to this, you know, I guess what, what should they expect 2021 opening day? What should they expect from uh, this Reds roster? Well, uh, I hope they expect better than a 500 record. I, I would like to see it. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be somewhere in that neighborhood, and hopefully they get enough above 500 that they are in the playoffs. But, but I, I personally hope they see an aggressive ball team at the plate, and I hope they see a team that puts the ball in play a lot more than what they did last year. Um, you want to see the Suarez uh, of 2019, not the one we saw last year. And he may have been a little hurt last year. He had that off-season injury with his shoulder before the season last year. I don't know if he was ever quite right. He appears to be right this spring and is hitting the ball pretty darn well. In fact, they, regardless of that abysmal spring record, the guys, the key guys that you want to see hit the ball and, and that are going to be in the everyday lineup, they all hit the ball pretty darn good this spring. So uh, I think you're going to see more runs, more contact, and, and certainly – more wins than what we saw in spring training and more than we saw last year, maybe, and and get this team to the playoffs. But it's going to be interesting to watch it unfold. It really is, because I think we kind of, with this move, with the infield and everything else, we kind of got the old Forrest Gump box of chocolates here. We'll see what we get. We will see what we get. Well, it's time to make them count for real. The Reds open up at home at Great American Ballpark against the Cardinals, 4.10 p.m. This podcast being recorded on Tuesday, March 30th. WLWT Sports Director George Vogel, thanks you much for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. Yep, and I'll see you down there, Stephen, a great American dressed warmly. (laughs) (laughs) We will be dressed very, very warm for that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to go through all the changes you'll be seeing at Great American Ballpark this season. We've all seen it. That check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast. With the COVID-19 pandemic, Major League Baseball and the Cincinnati Reds have made changes to keep you safe while enjoying the game. If you're grabbing a ticket to go out to Great American Ballpark, be prepared for new guidelines the Reds set up with the help of TriHealth and St. Elizabeth Healthcare. First up, masks will be required at all times, even when seated watching the game. The Reds ask that the only time you aren't wearing a mask is if you're eating or drinking. Next up, you'll see signs all over the ballpark to stay apart, wash your hands, and wear that mask. From the concessions to the bathrooms to the public address system, you'll be constantly reminded about what you need to do to stay safe. If you're trying to go to a game, make sure you download the MLB Ballpark app to purchase tickets and save them to your phone. You can also use the Reds Pay feature within that app to have cashless, contactless payments for concessions and merchandise. Also, select concession stands will allow for mobile ordering. Backpacks will no longer be allowed at the ballpark to help expedite the screening process and enhance ballpark safety with some exceptions. When you get to your seat, your group of up to six will be seated in its own pod. The seats around you will be tied down so they can't be used. Doing this will limit the capacity of the stadium to around 12,000 fans. If you have any questions about the protocols at Great American Ballpark, visit reds.com safe. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLW 
WT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening, and go Reds.